I have never met a toilet that my ass didn't like. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. I want to start off um, on this podcast talking about my my new toilet because I am so excited. I know Christmas is still a couple of months away, but I feel like Christmas morning when I started um, utilizing my brand new toilet. When you so, took a shit, it felt like Christmas morning. You know, I haven't I haven't taken a shit in the new toilet yet either. But I want to explain something about this toilet, which is revolutionary, and maybe I'm the only one who doesn't know that toilets could do this but has to scan your face before you flush (laughs) (laughs) okay long story short and all of us have been on the toilet so i think i'm i'm talking about something that's uh common ground here um at 5 45 in the morning my wife your mother wakes me the other day in a panic the the small bathroom near the garage is flooding the toilet is doing all kind of crazy toilet things there's there's towels all over the place. It's a panic. Okay. I turn off the water. That's the first thing I do, but it's still a nightmare. It's, it's the toilet's broken basically. So I love the idea of handyman, Greg Cody springing into action. <laughs> gets, his, gets his tool belt on. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say this when my wife had no idea what to do. And I was the one who immediately went behind the toilet and turned off the, the, the water. I felt very manly. I, I, I did. I, For the first time in your marriage, you have value. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I thought I thought you were going to say it was there where I realized I don't know what I'm talking about with any of this stuff. <laughs> well, I can say that in a lot of areas, but this time the knob was actually there that turned off the water. So anyway, that morning we call our plumber, Art Plumber, Art Plumbing, it's called. And I never Wait know whether his I thought, I thought your plumber's name was Art Plumber. I was like, wow. Well, no, the, you know what's weird? I'm, I'm giving him a free endorsement here in South Florida. It's called Art Plumbing. And I've never asked whether it's because the owner is named Art or whether it's just, you know, Art Plumbing. Is is plumbing an art? I don't think plumbing is an art. Not to offend plumbers, but... Anyway, long story short, we have the toilet changed that day. They come out that day because I'm singing the blues. It's an emergency. So they come out that, that day. They take out my old toilet, which is broken. They put in a new one. It's a Kohler. It's fantastic. Now you pay an arm and a leg for a toilet. What do you guys guess a toilet, a new toilet costs? Six hundred thirty-five dollars. Christopher? Wow. I was I was gonna say a little cheaper. One dollar, one dollar. I was gonna say like a couple hundred. My guess would have been closer to what Yeti said. The total price, tax tag and title, was about thirteen hundred dollars. Jesus. I'm going to text my wife right now and say, we're not doing the remodel right away. We were just talking about toilets earlier today. Not happening for a while. Okay. How does that work? Is there like a toilet salesman that's like, you know, you can get like 7,000 shits out of this thing. Like, are they like oh. trying to upsell you on like how long it's going to last you? A hundred percent. I mean, I had my choice of four or five models. If you have anything but white, it's an added cost. Did you sit on them? Give him a test drive? Uh, no. <laughs> While the guy was there. Hey, excuse me. Uh, step out of the room. I want to take a shit before I buy this thing. No, I did not do that. But anyway, uh, so I paid an exorbitant fee at a brand new toilet. Did you sit on the toilet? Uh, I, I have since. Not while the guy was here. I'm saying like in the store, you didn't sit on it. Not, not, obviously, you didn't pull your pants down. <laughs> I'm saying, did you sit? Did you did you actually sit on it, though, in the store? No, I did not. 
Wow, that's a dangerous game. I'm definitely sitting on that thing. There's definitely some seats out there that are not comfortable. I am okay. sit, I am lifting that lid and I am sitting on that in the store, not with my pants down. Obviously, I might bring two <laughs> pairs of pants just so I can go through the motion of taking one down. <laughs> okay, and you know, just to get a real, you know, a real walkthrough. All right, I have never met a toilet that my ass didn't like. So really? no, wow, yes. So I didn't bother sitting on it. Put that. Let's let's clip that. I like that. Clip. Okay. Now, if you think all toilets are alike, you're wrong. Because let me brag about my toilet. Maybe this is why it costs so much. Or maybe all toilets do this now, and I'm a dumbass. My toilet's lid goes slowly down on its own, as if there are hydraulics involved. It's like those cabinets that you can't, sh- like you can't slam because it like automatically closes slowly. Yeah, I like that. Right, because we've all accidentally dropped the lid, and it makes this big banging sound, yeah. which if you do it at 3 a.m. is a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My new lid won't do that because it, you you touch it with your finger. And it, it goes slowly down like this, just inch by inch. I called my wife over. As soon as she got home, I said, you won't believe what our new toilet does. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I take her in there and I show her. And her first reaction is, yeah, I think they all do that now. Yeah. <laughs> totally deflated. I was going to say, like, I, this has been like a fun story. Like, I was having fun getting to where we were going. But this was like a, a good movie with a bad ending. Because, like, the last two places that I've lived have had that with all the toilets. So, like, that's this is not a big deal that what you're. Uh, I thought you were going heated bidet or something. Yeah. Like, I really was expecting something big. And you're just like. <laughs> I am a little let down, Greg. It was fun, though. It was fun. It was a fun ride. <laughs> Look, this is another example of me being a little bit behind the curve on technology. Yeah. I personally did not know a toilet could do that for me. And I was thrilled to watch it. But I guess everybody knows that. So, uh, by the way. Welcome to the Greg Cody Show. Yeah. By the way, welcome to the Greg Cody Show, uh, your toilet headquarters. Uh, Nobody talks toilets like this podcast, but um, we have a lot of stuff to get to. We're going to talk a lot about sports, uh, the the. Scandal that embroiled the Florida Panthers with the coach, Quenville, having to quit. We're going to get to Dolphins and Canes and all that stuff. Uh, And our special guest, Gary the Bag Rosenfeld. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. This is going to be fun. Just the bag. I think people know him just as the bag. Okay. Bagging it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, If if you all listen to the Levitard show this past Tuesday, you heard me with a fleeting reference of Gary the Bag Rosenfeld, my my old friend from the 1440 days, and they started talking about it. And long story short, we have him on in a podcast exclusive. Gary the Bag Rosenfeld like it, will be it, joining us. It's just one of those things that you casually reference that name, and in my mind, I'm like, wow, maybe that's some like Red Sox first baseman from the <laughs> from the 80s. Maybe it's some old Yankee that my dad hates because obviously he would, you know, not just randomly drop a like a friend, but no, it's. It's just a friend of Greg Cody's that he right. calls. I can't wait to get to the bottom of this bag nickname. Chris, let's ask this on the front end and let's see what Gary says. So, Greg, were you the only person who called him the bag or is that how the rest of the neighborhood knew him or referred to him? Yeah. Okay. Here's what terrifies me. <laughs> I'm not sure his nickname actually is the bag <laughs> or was. Um, in my mind, it is like when... For 40 years, when I think back to my childhood and Gary Rosenfeld, not like I do it a lot, um, I think of him as by that nickname. So it's going to be interesting and possibly embarrassing for us to actually find out. 
tell me, tell me your nickname from those days. And he's like, what do you mean? I think you just got to play it as he's the bag and then just be like, you remember that nickname, right? And then just like, yeah, because what if he says donkey dick or something? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be freaky. Wow. It's going to get freaky. I'm a little nervous about this bag Rosenfeld interview because that is true. We haven't thought about that possibility either. Maybe the bag nickname was a, uh, a sexual, uh, no, too far, too much. Okay. Yeah. Too much dad why do you have why do you have a skull next to you like this is like we don't put any video out generally like this is not this is a podcast like an audio and you have a halloween skull to your right over your shoulder i think you just answered the question with the phrase halloween skull oh a little themed background exactly for, for those who can't see greg does that is that skull wearing the same hat you wore in the ballad of 1440 video it is by the way <laughs> That's a great segue by you because um, I, I would love to play that song, which is about why we're having Gary Rosenfeld on, The Bagger. Well, I said goodbye to 1440 this morning To baseball cards and toss the tanks on a pebble drive To balsa wood planes and big box kites up in the sky Oh, I never dreamed my life might fly as high My daddy saved my clippings in a scrapbook Now my name's at the top of the page and on the air They're gonna try and act like I'm some kind of big shot but they'll never make me something that I'm not Cause I'm a West Hollywood boy And my heart lies at old 1440 Super Bowls, superstars, things I've never ever seen Still a dream of that street, yeah, that I knew as a boy. Those were the days, my friend. I'm glad because he's about to join us live. We're gonna have a, we're gonna welcome him onto the podcast live. We're just, he's gonna join this Zoom, and we're gonna say, "Hey, you're on the air." So, like, you know, hopefully he shows up. But uh, I, I'm just, I can't wait for him to see that skull and just be like, classic Greg. And speaking of Halloween, Greg, Chris told me recently that you prepare three pumpkins every year. And that two yes. are always the same, but there's always a wild card. Where did I tell you that, Yeti? Where did I tell you that? Chris uh, brought that up on his appearance on Yes, Maybe, No. We discussed Halloween. If you haven't heard that episode yet, it's a great <laughs> listen. And you can help Chris get more listens than his dad's episode mm -hmm. that he appeared on two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, wow. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he revealed that you had um, you do three pumpkins every year. Two are the same, and then there's one wild card. What is your wild card this year for Halloween? Well, I want to start by saying um, it's a it's a neighborhood tradition. Um, Nobody knows it in the neighborhood, but no, no, people know it. Believe me, I it's it's with great effort that I buy three pumpkins. Damn thing, weigh fifty pounds each. I'm up on a ladder, like sixteen pounds. No, they don't. They're heavy. He ain't heavy. He's my pumpkin. I I get up on the <laughs> ladder. I'm putting them on the roof uh, after I carve them, of course, and they're heavy as hell. But here's the thing. Okay, it's always the same scenario. The one in the middle is the classic uh, O. The O face. The classic Home Alone. The classic Home Alone O. That's yeah. always in the middle, and that's a standard. 
<laughs> the classic Home Alone O is something you have to be a little bit more specific about. How would you? You know what I'm talking about. How would you describe it? Oh man, that is that is such a good joke by me. I think you both missed it, but like some people right now are just laughing at their in their car. Like that was a good okay. joke by me. I think you guys will get was it, it a on the dirty second. joke. <laughs> Sometimes when people are home alone, a home alone. Oh, there we go. Yeah, a home, a home alone. O face. I don't know. It just I, Mike I think Ryan said. There's difficulty if you're watching that share in the elephant movie. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you guys are going way over my head right now. <laughs> um, the pumpkin on the far left, as you're walking up my walkway, the one on the far left is the classic pumpkin. the The one you see everywhere. The you know the face that's got the jagged lines and and just a, a standard. I love how you're prolonging out this process. He's set up. He's like, every year you do two same pumpkins and you do one wild card. What's your wild card? And Greg's like, here's a story about what I do every (laughs) Halloween. Right. Well, I'm describing them. You know, not everybody comes trick-or-treating to my house. So for those don't in our audience, I'm describing the pumpkins. And then we wouldn't have gotten to my good Home Alone joke if you didn't do this. So that's actually. Yeah. Was it good? And then um, the, the pumpkin on the right is the wild card. And I'm not going to reveal what it's going to be this year, but that's usually the one. <laughs> this won't air until be... after Halloween. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> well, that, another way of saying that is I have no idea what that is going to be this <laughs> oh, year, yeah. as we're speaking before Halloween. But, you know, that's usually the one that's uh, a wild card. You know, it's, it's scary. It's weird. Yeah. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it tries to be really freaky and scary. So we'll see where that goes. This year. Do the face of Edwin Pope. I, I, I have to <laughs> say. Great. I, I do appreciate my dad doing the three pumpkins every year because I've tried to like, you know, I started with one. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, my dad did this. I'm going to do it for my kid. It is such a pain in the ass to gut these pumpkins. Oh my God. If, if you could buy these pumpkins hollow, I would carve 50 pumpkins, but it is so <laughs> annoying to like shave out all that crap, get all the seeds. I know you can bake those seeds and turn them into delicious snacks, but it is just such a pain in the ass. Like I hate doing that because of that one process. I love the idea. I love drawing out the thing, carving the thing. That's all so much fun. It's the cleaning out of these bloody pumpkins that is just the worst. Right. It, it's a pain in the ass, but I've perfected um, baked pumpkin seeds, and they're yeah. really good. The key is to get all the orange stringy stuff off them. Yeah. So that just the seeds, get and then crispy. you want to dry. You want to wash them. You want to dry them out. Season them in Cajun. So good. Uh, seasoning. So good. They yeah, turn into and, little and, like they turn into like big sunflower seed type things. Yeah, they're yeah. totally crunchy. It's a legitimate snack, and I think it's a pretty healthy snack. But you bake them at three twenty-five, you know, for twelve minutes or whatever, and they're great. You're reading Greg Cody's Pinterest page on the Greg Cody Show with Greg <laughs> Cody. <laughs> I wish I had one. I have a Pinterest in having that. But um, before we get to Gary the Bag Rosenfeld, um, <laughs> have either of you <laughs> become aware that PETA? The protector of animals, the people for the ethical treatment of animals, have now come out against using the phrase bullpen in baseball. And and their suggestion, I have to admit, I like their uh, alternative suggestion. I really do. They're suggesting replacing bullpen with arm barn, which isn't bad. Let's go to the arm barn. You know, that's not bad. I I think if we want to take it further, it could be hand land. It could be Home Alone Heat face. Street. You know, we're going to Heat Street instead of the bullpen. But here's the thing. Bulls aren't complaining about that. Now, if you ask a bull, uh, what are you offended by? He might say bullshit. That's yeah. where he's going to go first. But he doesn't. Bullpen is an honor. 
you know, it, the, the, the bullpen is rescuing the team. And so it's an honor to the bull. Are we allowed to say that PETA is grabbing the bull by the horns with this, this topic, like really trying to, <laughs> yes. But do they want us to say that? Like, are we are we it, allowed to grab bull by the horns? Probably not. It really doesn't matter. I like that we've done it. And- I, I don't know if I agree with you, actually. I don't think the bullpen, like, a, a bullpen in baseball is nothing like what an actual bullpen. I, like, nobody is sitting in a bullpen lounging for, like, two hours. Like, I feel like a bullpen is more, like, it, I don't know why it's called a bullpen, because I would imagine a bullpen to be, like, a very stressful place. Like, I wouldn't want to just right. hang out in a bullpen. Like, an actual bullpen. I do have to say, though, to, to PETA's credit, at least they did come up with, like, you know, at least a halfway funny, you know, uh, suggestion to it. I saw someone also say the armpit. That was great. I like the armpit. I couldn't get, I think we've got bigger fish to fry. Uh, probably can't do that with PETA either. Ah, deck gone. I stepped in the bullshit again. Yeah, we um, can't do that. But, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I, th- I think we have bigger concerns in baseball than what we call the bullpen, per se. Yeah, but well, PETA um, is running out of things to be angry about if if they're worried about bullpen because it doesn't like what is the issue here with PETA? Are we like, allowed to do this like in 2021? Are we allowed to come after PETA the way we're doing it? Because I agree with it, but like, are we gonna get are we gonna get in trouble, Greg? It's been a rough stretch for you. Like, we don't need you walking into it back to back weeks. Look, I don't mind PETA sticking up for animals, and I agree with a lot of it. You know, I'm not somebody who wears a fur coat because, you know, for reasons that Peter would agree with. But in the case of the, the, a benign phrase like bullpen, I just wonder where the outrage is. Like, who thinks that that is something I mean, Dad, that... I think, I, think the, I think the point is, is that bulls are not treated well, probably, in the world, right? And PETA is like, let's get all mention of bulls being treated per- poorly out of our vernacular. Okay. Look at me use, look at me using vernacular. Yeah, when you look at it thing, in context of, like, the rodeo... Um, no, they do some really nasty stuff to get that bull riled up. And, and, you know, and that's, I'm on PETA's side when it comes to that. I'm not a fan of this stuff. Remember what we learned last week, dad? It's about not, it's about the people. Like you might not know that they're, they're hurting, but it's about people that are marginalized. Okay. Have you heard a bull complain? I'm just asking you. That's a terrible argument, Greg. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) well, well, I don't, I don't, I don't have any problems with the phrase bullpen. That's a bad argument, but we get, like I said, we can do better. At least they came up with a halfway funny solution or suggestion. All I'm saying, and I'm pro bull, believe me, and I'm anti bullfighting. (laughs) I think bullfighting is one of the worst things ever. It should be abolished. I'm just saying the phrase bullpen just seems benign. And it seems like a very neutral way to, enter the bull into a description uh, it it doesn't offend me um right. that's some people and, and, and it offends some people right so this is a pretty good segue though into into the idea because it's the connotation of what are you promoting with the bullpen and a lot of that can really segue into what's going on with the world series the heightened awareness about the braves and the tomahawk chop you know that that's that's a real hot button topic right now greg yeah i mean i, I think the braves are in the series for the first time in 22 years now you were or are a Braves fan. So how do you consume this whole tomahawk chop thing? I am very much a Braves fan. Uh, they were my first sports love. My parents introduced me to them in 1984 when I was just a four-year-old kid. They talked to me about Dale Murphy, and I watched the game. They were a terrible team, but something about them made me fall in love, and I've followed them ever since. So I grew up doing, you know, I mean, the, the, here's the thing. Bomani brings this up all the time is that the, the Tomahawk chop hasn't been around for like 50, 60 years. Uh, it, it really only came into play when Deion Sanders took the stage. 
Um, and they really, they, they introduced the tomahawk chop. Then I'm not saying Dion brought it in, but it was around that era and it started becoming a thing then. So it's only, you know, 25 years in or something like that, maybe a little bit more, but either way in between 25 and 30 years in. So I grew up doing it because I'm a kid. Why am I even going to second guess anything? Um, I grew up and there was a point in my life when I heard people saying it's wrong. I would have been like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Because still I'm not, not very mature. I didn't question things as much. In the last several years, and a lot of it's thanks to becoming a fan of the Levitard show and him and introducing me into different ways of thinking, especially about thinking about how things affect other groups of people, I've turned and I think it's disgusting. And so um, one of the one of the arguments is just let us do it. It's not a big deal, you know, and, and because the people who are doing it don't necessarily see the caricature that it's portraying. And I had the thought earlier today, every I don't I don't know how it works in South Florida, but growing up in a small country town, a lot of the people I grew up with, very southern, are always woeing the way the media portrays people uh, in the South whenever there's a natural disaster or a big crime. The fear is that they're going to go find somebody who is like has the least teeth, the thickest Southern accent, and they're always afraid that they're going to represent Southern culture in a way that isn't that doesn't reflect all of them. And like it's a real fear. You shared with me a video, a 60 Minutes video about my hometown recently, and the host was on a, a trolley car or a tour, a tour bus with other people talking to them about stuff. And one lady legitimately just said that I don't want y'all portraying us as stupid or dumb, right. you know, and it, if they could just look at it from that prism, you're applying a caricature to native American culture that is not representative of all native American culture. It's not rep. It, it, it's, it's not honoring. It's caricaturizing, making it kind of a cartoon and a bunch of people who most of them are not Native American are sitting here doing this whole chant. It's 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 misappropriated. It's just wrong. Are there worse things in the world? Sure. But like this is one little gesture that could be taken that would go a long way to just showing that, hey, maybe I'm willing to stop and think about somebody else's feelings for just a minute. And maybe that will be one less bit of ignorance passed on to the next generation. Yeah, it, it's a blatant stereotype that's pretty indefensible. Um, the sound of it is bad. The look of it is bad. And when American Indian, Native American Indian groups are against the gesture, the tomahawk chop, that should be all you need to hear. Okay. If the people you're offending are offended, maybe you need to move on from it. You know, why, why is your franchise identified by this stereotype? It, this is the franchise of Hank Aaron. You have a lot to be proud of. You can lose the tomahawk chop and still keep the heritage of what Atlanta Braves means. Uh, find something new. Find something different. Exactly. And and here I am. Like I said, I'm someone who did it. No one's saying I'm a terrible person. I'm not saying that about anybody who does the chop right now. What I ask is just think about what it might mean to someone else and do a little better. Right. It's a small step that could go a really long way. Yeah. And transition. Gary, the bag Rosenfeld has joined the chat. Oh, my God. Oh, the bag. <laughs> Look at that old man. Who's that old man? Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> what the hell happened? What happened to us? Are you talking about the skull oh. or, or or my dad? <laughs> Gary wasn't sure whether me or the skull was uh, who's talking to him right now. <laughs> okay, this is strange because uh, Gary Rosenfeld and I were, were friends and neighbors for uh, years growing up. I mean, we literally were next door neighbors. Wait, because my, my you're 1440 famously. What was your address, Gary? 1430. Oh, oh hey. man. 
See, I was better by 10, uh, 10 digits. Now, Gary, about that? Have, have you written a song about 1430? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, no I, I, I didn't go that way. Okay. <laughs> well, um, let me ask you this, because I have uh, romanticized 1440 over the years, even though when I look back on it, it was, you know, it was, what would you call it? A middle class neighborhood. Yeah. It, it's not like we grew up, you know, in high society or anything. No. But I just look back on those days fondly for some reason. And I wonder, like, every time we go to, do you remember Villa Rose, the, the pizzeria in Hollywood? Not really, no. Okay. <laughs> I love this. Okay. This is no, perfect. They, I just love how my dad, these are so important in his land. It's just like his neighbor is like, no, nope, don't give a shit. Okay. Oh, no, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> I mean, I had Sonny's. Remember Sonny's? Oh, yeah, oh, for the, sure. The yeah. hoagies, Sonny's hoagies. Yeah, Sonny's yes. steak hoagies. And they're still there. Yes, yep. they are. And I, when I was down I, a, a few years ago, I went back and it was like a treasure. Right? Oh, yeah. And my son went back and he tasted it. He goes, Dad, this is incredible. I said, yep. Yes, exactly. And, and I feel the same way about Villa Rose Pizza. We go there, you know, three, four times a year. And every time we go there, it's in the old neighborhood. I drive by the street, North 65th Way. I drive by our old houses. He pressures his kids to do it too. So we have like all of a sudden, we're creeping out this poor family that lives there. There's like a brigade of cars <laughs> driving by. It happened to me a whole bunch of years ago. I went back. I got out of the car. I pulled the car up and the basketball pole is still there. If you Google map my house, <laughs> you will see that that basketball pole my dad put in is still there. He put that in. That's not coming out. There's enough cement underneath that to make it stay. I don't, Dad. Is there anything at 1440 that's still there? It looks like 1430 seems to be the the house to beat on this block right now. Well, my dad uh, built the wall that's still there. It's okay. the wall that uh, it it goes horizontal and then it bends down and curves. What you got, 1430? <laughs> well, we had the side of the house was where we had our boat. Okay. And we put the boat in on the side of the house. The Cody's did not have a boat. And no, we no, did not. <laughs> we had the, the cool thing about this was that every day it was the Knicks versus the Celtics. Mendy Cody was the referee. <laughs> yep. Mendy who, Cody. Who, yeah. Who is that? Who is that? <laughs> That's over their head, Gary. I know. Mendy Rudolph was an, was a referee in the NBA. Very char- a colorful character. And the two of us would play every day. I mean, every day, get home from school, do whatever we needed to do. It's either in his court or in my court. His court was different because his court, the basket wasn't 10 feet. Right. Mine was. So my dad is three years older than you, you said, right? So what was like the dynamic there? Did he get the better of you or were you still sticking it to him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was a better shot and, you know, better yeah. capable on that. <laughs> I love this. This interview is going well. I Who's love the it. better shot now? That's what we need to find out. Yeah, I can't. I can't try to tell you on that. But, <laughs> you know, basketball was one thing. But the best part was going out in, during uh, spring, summer and playing grounders in the street. Oh, yeah. And, and, and when we played grounders, we played grounders with a hardball. Right. <laughs> hardball on asphalt doesn't work very well. I can't tell you how many times we would take a baseball and wrap electrical tape around it. That's right. And that would add, oh, about 12 pounds to the ball. (laughs) Right. Or or gray duct tape. Yeah. 
Yeah, those were the days. Why didn't we use tennis balls? How dumb we were did. We? we did. The problem was the tennis balls were too light and we couldn't control them. We throw them and they would just go all over the place. Right. And we, we used the bat and everything. You know, it's the old saying, you know, when when the sun, when the street lights come on, it's time to go home. Right. We, that was the time when we kept playing. It was so much fun because we got home. We did what we needed to do. And it was friendly competition. Never a harsh word, never any anger. It was always fun just going out there and throwing the ball around, uh, pitching, catching. The neighbor, remember? Um, Paul Radke? Who? Paul Radke? No. What was Dmitry <laughs> Petrotsky? Petrosky. Oh, Dmitry Petrosky. He was right next to me. Right. And he had, yeah. in his backyard, he had a smaller back, a larger backyard, and we set up bases. Right. And we used to play with the two Mitchum kids. It was Louie and Jeff. Oh, Louie Mitchum. Yes. Louie Mitchum and Jeff Mitchum. Right. So wait, there was, was, was Paul Radke just a figment of my dad's imagination? I have no idea who that is. <laughs> okay. Paul Radke was the older kid. Like when I was 14, Paul Radke would have been in high school. He was in the back caddy corner over there. Like, um, you remember, did, did your mother and my mother used to play Mahjong, right? Yeah, with Paul Kane's mom. With Paul Kane. Kane's mom. I, I think the Radkeys were right next to. Was it Paul Kane, Dad? Was it Paul Kane and not Radke? Have you just been getting it wrong your whole life? No, 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 no. 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 I'm still friends with Paul Kane. Are you? Paul Kane lives. Uh -oh. in, he lives in Boynton Beach. They're they're. We should get him on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I remember him, the, the Paul Radke, because I think at that point I must have traded. So I, I traded Super Bowl two program for some Yankee stuff from him. Oh, wow. I had the Super Bowl two program. Okay, so he exists. I love I love the idea of him not existing. Yeah. Like that's, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. It's been verified. Yeah. Paul Ratke was not a figment of my imagination. No, no. That's his skull right beside you. Yeah. That's right. And I, the, the only thing I remember about the Canes, other than hosting Mahjong, is that um, the uh, matriarch of the family had the greatest first name, Jet. Am yeah. I right? Jet Kane. Jet Kane. Jet Kane. Yep. That's fantastic. Yeah. His his daughter, he's going to be a grandfather very soon for the first time. And he's got a son and a daughter and she's pregnant. And she's married and everything. And it's just really cool because the fact that everybody in the neighborhood stayed in the neighborhood. We really didn't go crazy with going places and stuff. Can you paint the picture? Like, Because I have always imagined my dad, we always like to make fun of him because, you know, when he was in his teens, like early, you know, 15, 16, 17, when he was out supposed to be chasing girls he was sitting in his room playing Stratomatic Baseball with Paul Radke. That's Excuse me. Don't get nasty. Because I was <laughs> I was playing with him. Right. <laughs> we would do oh, it yeah. in, in his carport. He was the Red Sox. I was the Yankees. Yes. 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 And we had Strat. I, I bought two months ago Stratomatic. For the first time, since I love Stratomatic. I'm not. I'm not shaming Stratomatic. Okay. I'm just kind of shaming my dad. Like You're shaming your dad. I just. I just want you to give me the. Give me the good stories. Give me something juicy here. Give me. Give me something about him that would like embarrass him here. We're we're a fun podcast. We need. We need something good here. Podcast. Like what's embarrassing? It's Stratomatic. There wasn't anything really embarrassing about either one of us. Who had the better record? Yeah. Who would win Stratomatic? Stratomatic. It, it kind of was like up in the air. And you have to understand that the, the, the Stratomatic we had was the 1969 Stratomatic. Right. And so that meant we had the 1968 teams. So the Yankees weren't a good team. The Red Sox were. 
Yes. And it was always a struggle because and, and this is the, this is what age does to you. You you mellow like you wouldn't believe. I hated the Red Sox. I mean, hated the Red Sox. And I was diehard Yankees. And I have mellowed so much that whenever I see baseball on, you know, the Ken Burns thing and I see them talk about Ted Williams or I see them talking about Carl Yastrzemski and those guys. I just it just amazes me because you see style and you see grace and you see incredible outfielders. Meantime, yeah, yeah. back when he and I were playing, I can't use the word. I hated them, hated that with passion. Now, Gary, I want to ask you something. Ask if I ask you back in the days we're talking about when when we were hanging out, mm -hmm. what was your nickname? What would you say? Bag. Yes! Oh! <laughs> yes! The bag has spoken! Yes! That, oh like, my God, I, thank you so much. Gary, right now, Gary's looking at us like, why are they celebrating that? Let me let me no. paint the picture for this, Gary. So like on the Dan Levitard Show podcast, I'm a producer for, my dad regularly appears on. The other day, he just randomly dropped a Gary the Bag Rosenfeld reference in the middle of the pod with no reference. Nobody knew who you were besides my dad, clearly. And my dad loves to do stuff like that where people are like, clearly want to ask now, who's Gary the Bag Rosenfeld? And we get to just realizing it's my neighbor. It was my childhood neighbor. Yeah. And so that is kind of what sparked us wanting to get you on here today is my dad's need just for the comedic timing of an <laughs> obscure like name drop. Do you know why? Do you know why that, how I got it? Well, go ahead. We, we, we would love to, that's, we would love to know why. All right. I was the type of guy that was extremely anal retentive about my appearance and my baseball style. And whether I was wearing my pants with my the stirrups properly when I played, you know, competitive baseball and things like that. Well, here we are four five, six kids. And my wife and I were talking about this the other day. The Sears Mall in Hollywood, when it was the Sears Mall, I would take my rounds and I would go to different stores. That was when your mother and father can drop you off and you can just go to the mall. Well, I went to Bob's Sports Shop. I remember that. And one day I picked up ooh, a rosin bag and I liked it. I said, wow, this is pretty there good. It is. <laughs> so I did that. Now, here's a bunch of kids playing ball. In the Petrotsky's backyard. Yes. And I had the rosin bag in my back pocket. And every time I did that, you know, the, the, the rosin would get all of my hand. So instead of Rosenfeld, it was rosin bag. <laughs> and then it was finally changed to bag. Nice. Wait, so so it's Gary Bag Rose. Is it is it the bag or is it bag? Whatever he wants. It's his choice. <laughs> okay. I it seems like, like it's just bag and my dad changed it to the bag. I have to admit the bag has more of like a, a, a better ring to it. So like, Oh, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, as after we, after we left and changed, grew up a little bit, I never had a nickname. And uh, I always liked the, the bag. I'm telling you, I cannot tell you how thrilled I am. Yeah, that you're you never right about that for me. <laughs> you're always because wrong with stuff like that. It's better than me calling pine tar. <laughs> I'm always wrong with stuff like that. And and I feared having you on today in this coming up. I feared that for 40 years or whatever, for unknown reasons, I always thought your nickname was the bag or bag. And it wasn't. 
And then that makes me crazy. So for you to validate that. It would have been better for the show if you're if you were like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, honestly, <laughs> you actually being the bag. That's kind of the way this show works. Yeah. It was actually a little bit of a letdown for oh. me. That I was hoping I was hoping that you were like, who the hell's the bag? And then my dad just like concocted that whole thing. Well, it, it was not a letdown for me because that, that was my fear is that I was crazy all this time. But now I'm validated. Yeah. It's great. It's kind of funny because, you know, none of us really had nicknames. We never did. I mean, it was Louie. It was Jeff. It was Greg. It was Gary. And then uh, you remember Greg Ron? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Did he have one G or two Gs? (laughs) One. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was R-A-H-N, right? Yeah. And he was around the corner. He never really played with us, though. And then it was John LaCitra. Oh, yeah. The LaCitras. Yeah. John LaCitra. um, He's a mailman. To this day, I occasionally hear from a sister or somebody, some LaCitra. Emily. That's the weird thing about social media. Like you and I, this is the first time you and I have spoken to each other in decades. But it's not that awkward because we occasionally will email like you emailed me, Mm -hmm. you know, a few months ago or a year ago or whatever Mm -hmm. to say, hey, I'm back in the Stratomatic. And Mm -hmm. so. I, I feel like we've uh, sort of kept in touch yeah. over the decades. Well, the door that Greg opened up for me was the fact that when I was in high school, I was the high school sports editor for the Nova View. And Greg hooked me up with the Broward edition so that I can go ahead and do the high school football sports. First time I started doing that stuff was with WGBS with Bill Brubaker. How's that for a memory? Wow. And 710 AM radio. And I would go to the football games and I got my little press card and everything. And I (laughs) write down the scores and stuff like that. And Greg hooked me up with what was his name? Oh, gosh. Paul Radke. No. What was the guy at the Broward? Jeff. Jeff the Sack Berkowitz. Jeff Garland. Pete Jeff? Pete Jeff. Yeah, that was one of my bosses. No way his name's Pete Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's his name. What can I tell you? Never have gotten that. Yeah, his name was Pete Jeff. And I ended yeah. up doing high school for sports. And wow. I, I was actually going be- because of that and doing all that stuff. I wanted to go to the University of Florida and go into sports writing. And as soon as I got to school and I started doing those things, one of my first teachers said to me, Hey, pal, it's not what you know. And I said, I know Greg Cody. He goes, who? <laughs> that's a good answer by whoever that was. That's a perfect answer. And that's a great dismount. Gary uh, the bag. bag. Yeah. Uh, Gary the bag. So Rosenfeld. nice to meet you. Uh, Gary, thank you for uh, putting up with our nonsense. Do you have a rosin bag with you on you right now? Where's it? Where's one at? I got a bat. <laughs> there you go. Close enough. Gary the bat. <laughs> yeah. you, you have to have a rosin bag. You got to go buy one. I got to go buy one. Gary, uh, really appreciate it. Keep in touch. Well, thank you very much. You guys take care. Speak soon. See you, Gary. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, thank you, Gary the Bag Rosenfeld. It was so good. It was so good reacquainting with my old friend after like a half a century. And it's now Halloween night. And we're walking around the hood. Uh, Graceland's dressed like Princess Belle. It's fantastic. It's actually not that muggy tonight, which is good. Usually it's like sweating your ass off down in Florida, but this is, what, it's probably like 72 right now? Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. It's balmy. It's really nice. Um, So... What a big week for sports. Just recapping it super quickly. The story of the week was Joel Quenville, the Florida Panthers hockey coach. They have candy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, resigning in disgrace uh, after this scandal involving his being the coach in 2010 in Chicago. When I love how they like, oh I love how he resigns. Like that changes like, oh, I resigned. I didn't get fired. It's like, no, you got fired. You got fired. He, he was ousted. I mean, if he hadn't resigned, he would have been fired, believe me. And he needed to be, uh, as a dog barks for ambiance in the background. Um, <clears throat> what can I tell you? How, how, how do you live with that? You know, How do you know that there's a sexual assault involving your coaching staff and you turn the other cheek and 11 years later it comes out? I just can't believe the fact that like, it just makes zero sense that you would prioritize some like videographer... Over like a pl- like, like obviously the humanity of it is ridiculous. But if you think about just the hierarchy of an organization, you'd think that if you and if you were being callous about this, you would value the player more than some replaceable. What was he? A videographer? Yeah, a video coach was his title. But you're absolutely and, and right. You're so worried to keep him there that you like just totally disregard and harm one of your players. Well, I think it was the timing of the thing. This whole thing happened as they were beginning their postseason run. And this is a great team that ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So his argument was is that this is just such bad timing, I can't yes. have a bad season. His priority is I'm not going to let this become the distraction that blows up my team. How about you be a human? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and so, you know, it's it's a terrible thing that came to a head. And I guess we're going to find out how important coaching is in hockey because this team is, like, made to win this year. And it's like, are they going to keep it in-house? Are they going to bring in a Tortorella type? Right. Can you hold this? Yeah, I sure will. Thank you. Grayson, are you done with trick or treating? How is how has your Halloween been? Good. Yeah. Okay. What What do you dress like? Nice chatting with you. Yeah. Okay. She's done. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know how he um, hid this for all these years and and lived with it, but it's past now. And and if I'm just the- glad they did the right thing, we can move on now and celebrate this good team. And like like this was just going to hang over them if they tried to like. Stick this out with him. Yeah, and if the Panthers end up winning and and, making a big push in the playoffs and having a great season despite all this, that's going to be a terrific story for them to to have overcome it. So I feel like the Dolphins are not even worth talking about. 
Let's just mention that they lost again. They're now 1-7. and seven. And since the Jets lost, the Dolphins are now officially the worst team. The Jets won. Uh, uh, the Jets won. So the Dolphins are alone in last place in the AFC East. UM, however, the Hurricanes won a huge game. Um, the, the heat is off to a terrific start. So there are some positives for sure. <laughs> so a few uh, houses back, Graceland, it's one of the oddest things I've ever seen. Someone like, you know, sometimes... People like to be funny and they'll like, you know, hand you a toothbrush and then they'll be like, just kidding. Here's the real candy. Right. You know, these like frozen ice pops sure. that people eat. Yeah. Somebody gave out like room temperature, non-frozen ice pops. So it's basically like take this home, put it in the freezer okay. and then enjoy this ice pop later. It's just I mean, it's I like them. They taste good. It's just one of the oddest things I've ever seen given out. I've never heard that as a, as a trick or treat thing, but I have to say I don't hate it. You know, the prize comes later. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't mind that too much. And earlier in the uh, podcast, you told a long-winded story about how you design these three pop uh, pumpkins every year. Yes. And I'm looking at them right now. You have your standard O face. Right. You have the scary one, and what, what would you, what's your third one this year? What is that third guy? Well, the one on the right is the standard one that I do every year. It's what I would consider to be the classic pumpkin. Is the one on the right. The middle one is my Home Alone O. And then the one on the left is the one that wants to be scary. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think it worked out well. We've had a nice crowd at our house tonight. It's been a nice Halloween with beautiful, balmy weather. Um, before we get going here, though, I want to... Before we get out of here, not get going. Yeah. Before we get out of here. Before we get out of here. Um, People must think we're so weird. I'm, I'm just realizing now that we're walking around a neighborhood like with a phone in our face. Like We are. Like, people are like, what are they doing? Like, enjoy your holiday. It's yeah. so weird. I am enjoying my holiday. But we don't have a Hard Knocks Lobos this week. But it doesn't mean we don't have a Lobos. Ec- oh, uh, yeah. I'm super we, excited. I know you are. It's going to be quick. But this is midseason, okay? Not counting tonight's game, which I'm optimistic of winning. We're 5-2, and two, tied for first in the league at midseason. And I'm about to reveal my midseason MVL, <laughs> the midseason most valuable Lobo. Now... Is it Lamar Jackson, who's leading my team in points? L-Jack. L-Jack? You had dinner at his house a few weeks ago. I did, and God, it was gorgeous. And he came through with those um, uh, Lobos mint juleps, by the way, which were fantastic aperitif. Anyway, no, the MVL at midseason is Jamar Chase, my rookie. Yeah. And because been good. he came out of nowhere. I out of left field, you'd say. Exactly. And I did not expect him I expected Jack to do what he's doing. I did not expect Jamar Chase. He's been the cherry on the cake. He's been a pleasant surprise. He is my MVL. I told him that earlier at camp. He A grin broke out on his face. It was unbelievable. He's a kid. A cherry goes on an ice cream sundae, right? Does it go on a cake? A uh, cherry cake. Yeah, cherries, jubilee. Shake. Cherry garnsea, that whole thing. Can I talk about my fa- I'm actually in my big fun- money fantasy league. Right. Uh, I have... We're going to win this week, so we're going to be 4-4. Four and four. It's a frustrating year, though, so far, because we're the high points in the league. You know how every year there's one team that yeah. has the high points, but they've also gotten unlucky and faced a lot of points? Yeah. Like, our, we have, like, 100 more points than the next team. Wow. So you'd think that would be, like, a 6-1 and one record, 7 and, you know what I mean? Like, right. you'd think that's where we'd be, but we're, like, just now with the winning this week, we're going to be 4-4, four and four, like, wow. barely in the playoffs. Like, I still know I have Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Derrick Henry – like it's a loaded team, yeah. yeah. So I'm and and DeAndre Hopkins. Like I'm not worried. Like the team's gonna. I'm just like it's one of those, it, it, and no one cares. Like I feel people like falling asleep at this story. Like it's no <laughs> one cares about other people's fantasy teams. It's, unless but, it's great Lobos. That's right. 
Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I feel like we should just go back to being normal humans now and stop talking into a phone. Let's wrap it up. Uh, go into our house, binge on... Make an O-face. Make an O-face, binge on chocolate, and... Uh, you didn't get that joke earlier, did you? No, what happened? Like, the, the, in the, ep- the earlier, the no, O-face, Home Alone O-face joke? No. And, and, what was it? You didn't get it? No. I love it because I'm trying to make it seem like it's all in sequence, like, because... Right. Like, even though we recorded that, like, a couple days ago. Yeah. Like, so you don't even remember what the joke was. Right. Okay. Tell me. <laughs> earlier in the episode, I, I made... We were talking about Home Alone O-face. Yes. And, you know, I was like, that's, that's inappropriate. We can't talk about that. And you just have no... I didn't get it then, and I don't get it now. <clears throat> it's because, you know, sometimes when people are home alone, they do things that might incur an O-face. You don't even know what O-face means. No, I really don't. Oh my God, you are so old. What does it mean? <sighs> I'll explain to you. Let's wrap up the episode, and I'll explain it to you. you need to explain it on the air. Just, right? I, I'll explain it to you in our little, like, post... Okay. Just wrap up this damn okay. episode. Listen... Gary the Bag Rosenfeld, it was so great talking to you after a century, after a half, a, half a century, we reacquainted with my childhood friend. Gary Bag. The Bag, that was fantastic. Uh, everything else, had a great episode, really enjoyed it. Thank you, Pod family. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see you next week. Wrapping it. <laughs> Thank you very much, appreciate it. An O-face is like someone's face when they have an orgasm, Dad. Oh, my. Oh, Oh. Now, now I want you to look up at that pumpkin right now and imagine he's having an orgasm. He really is. See, funny. Now when you say my home alone O-face, and I'm like, hey, that's inappropriate. Don't okay. talk about that. You get the joke now? I'm learning. I'm learning, <laughs> unfortunately. All right. Good night, everyone. Nice chat with you.